Hey, Lovebird, it's me, Stephanie, CEO of The Good Love Company and leading relationship expert. You're about to start transforming your love life from the inside out with the So Good podcast. I've been widely considered the leader in the love coaching space and have worked with super achievers all around the world for over six years. Here, you're not gonna find cheesy dating tips or fluffy nonsense, no manipulative tactics either, because my work is about understanding behavior, identity, and motivation. Pair that with energetic work, somatic healing, and ooh, your love life is about to get so good. These talks are designed to inspire, provoke, and guide you on your journey home to take you and your love life to heights you've never thought possible. If you're wanting more from your relationships, better connection, hotter sex, self-love tips, and emotional mastery, then stick around. It's about to get so good. I'm glad you're here. What's up, darling, and welcome back to another episode of So Good. Today, I wanted to really talk about something that is a thread in almost every single woman's dating, love, romantic journey. And this pattern is definitely something that is really present in most women, but definitely something that does not have to be a permanent fixture in your relationships and how you relate. So tell me if this is you. If you are the person who, just raise your hand, I'm gonna ask some questions, just raise your hand to yourself, not along. Signal to yourself through these questions if you relate to this. Your day can turn really crabby if you don't hear from the guy you're talking to. If the guy you're talking to starts replying in a different way, you immediately assume that there's something wrong. Okay, how about this one? You check your phone and do the Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, text loop and feel slightly disappointed if you don't get a DM or reply from the person that you're interested in. Or how about feeling like you really can't control yourself when it comes to overanalyzing the periods or the tone or the frequency or the timing. And one more for good measure, you screenshot texts and then send them to your friends for them to see what does he mean? If any of that sounded familiar, we've all been guilty a time or two, but that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So without further ado, let's buckle up, get cozy, grab some tea, just relax with me. Today, we're going to talk about how to stop being so goddamn obsessed when you first start seeing someone. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could whip out your phone anytime you wanted relationship help from a legit love expert? and just got the answer to your problem solved like immediately and more than a two minute fluffy you got this <laughs> unlike other love coaches i go hard in boxer my private clients love this perk because let's be real most of the real stuff happens in between traditional calls but now for the first time ever outside of my high level one-on-one -on -one, i can be in your back pocket Introducing Back Pocket Love Coach, 30 days private, tailored one-on-one -on -one with me, Stephanie. Former lovebirds who snagged this brilliant opportunity got tailored coaching when they needed it. And some of them used it to squash anxiety about dating, how not to fuck up a new connection. Some used it to move through breakups. 
Some used it to move through healing their own bullshit, preventing them from having the love of their life. Everyone has their own things and I'd love to support you because honestly, stop bugging your girlfriends and actually text a pro. Here's what's in it for you. The best relationship expert, hey, at your fingertips. <laughs> Mentorship without a long-term contract. Exclusive framework concepts and tools tailored to you that I only reserve for private clients. Confidence in yourself as a woman to actually be in love like an adult. Revived relationships, hotter sex, less bickers, ease in dating, I could go on. What's the energy exchange? One month of private boxer access is 1000 USD. Find out more at sogood.love or as always DM me BPLC to get started. So as a relationship expert who has been coaching women in the online space for years now, it is not an uncommon theme to see really confident, really put together women still struggle in this area. And I think a lot of the times we assume that your classic, like, oh, like the needy, desperate type, but it's really not exclusive to that energy. The idea of why we become so engrossed and so obsessed and so into situations and really kind of spiral out a bit is what we're going to be talking about today. And I think that it's really important to share that no one's immune. We've all had moments where we were a little bit cuckoo. We've all had moments where our emotions got the best of us. And that's why mindset is so important. If you think about your craziest decisions with men, most of the time emotions were heightened. So it's really critical to remember that as females, we are emotional, passionate, beautiful, complex creatures. And it's not about taming our passions or toning down or quieting the noise. It's about learning a couple skills that I'm going to teach you in today's episode. So why do we lose our goddamn minds when we start talking to someone? I find that a lot of the times there is this really weird space and time. So for those of you listening that are married, you can go back down memory lane and roll with me on this one. Those of you who are in the beautiful dating vortex, you'll probably be nodding along, but there is this weird period of time. It's kind of like after the first couple dates, but before about three months. So usually about the first month or so of starting to see or date a new guy, it's the treading the water time. The we're not really exclusive, we're still new, we're still fresh, but what does every woman think? Oh, I don't wanna fuck it up. I don't wanna blow it. I wanna make sure like, oh, well, 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 all of a sudden our brain is just going on fire. This is so common and normal. It's part of how we are biologically wired, especially if you are a heart-centered woman who loves love and connecting. It can feel like such a hormonal cocktail when you meet someone that you are physically and mentally attracted to and it feels mutual and there's that kinetic energy that's just so palpable. Like One of the best gifts the universe has given human beings is the sensation and feeling of pleasure. And so to be able to meet someone new and feel like your life has just changed, oh, there's nothing like it. So it's very easy to see how one could get carried the fuck away. 
And I want to talk today about how to really not lose your head when you're, when you're dating, because quite frankly, it is so easy, even for the smartest, baddest bitch on the block to fall into this trap of overanalyzing and losing their shit and becoming an obsessive mess and potentially blowing something that could be really great if you just relaxed and let things just breathe and happen organically. So in the start of today's episode, I asked a few questions about, you know, raise your hand if you've done this behavior before. And I think it's safe to say that sometimes it's hard to tell, like, am I being obsessive? Am I being a, a little bit much? So I wanted to go over really how to track patterns and behavior to see and like just bring some awareness because it can be a very slippery slope. So I'm going to try and put my teacher hat on right now. So this might be worth bringing out a pen and paper, maybe pausing the audio if you feel called to, to write down some notes. So people talk in relationships about them being hard. And if you were on my email list, which you should be, you got a little musing about how I think this is an interesting myth and my take on it. But what people are really referring to when they talk about relationships being hard is the polarity of, of the difficult and ease that comes in every human interaction. So no matter how fabulous a human being is, like let's say, for example, your best girlfriend, she's fabulous. She's amazing. You would die without her. She is everything, but she's definitely pissed you off before. She's definitely acted a fool a time or two. You guys maybe have been in a fight. Relationships will always have difficulty. Relationships ebb and flow. So it's not about how relationships are hard. It's about how you handle and where you fit in the difficult and ease scale, if you will. So difficult relationships are difficult because the people in the relationship, either one or both, require external validation to feel okay. So a perfect example of this, and it might be you listening, it might be someone you know, but the person who matches with a new guy and two weeks later, her mood is either good or bad, depending upon if she got a good morning text from him. Or she could be having a great day, you could be having a great day, but oh, so-and-so was done work two hours ago, but I haven't heard from him, I'm awful and never gonna find love, and my life is over, and I'm naming all the things I hate about myself. That is a very slippery slope. The reason for this is that people that thrive or require or haven't learned how to kind of give it to themselves, the ones who need the external validation to feel okay, those women are prime targets for toxic men. So when you see the narcissist classic guy, you can kind of tell the person that's going to go for that the one who loves the reassurance, the one who loves the, we've known each other for two days, but like come to my house. That's not, that's not good. That's a little much. It's, it's a stranger, but this great guy thinks I'm good. This, this person outside of me. So the external person is saying nice things to me and it's making me feel nice. So I'm going to keep going towards that regardless if the rest of the world crumbles. 
That's why difficult relationships have people that just do not have a really strong sense of self. People who have a strong sense of self get their validation internally. So two people in a relationship, one or both needing external validation to feel okay, will usually nine times out of 10 become a toxic relationship, okay? If we go down the scale, so difficult on the left, easy on the right, we're gonna go down the scale to easy, okay? So the people in the easy relationship have internal validation. So they genuinely like themselves. What this means is that they have the emotional regulation skill, the emotional intelligence, and some form of identity that they like. When people are happy with themselves, their relationships have an energetic baseline of, of ease. This doesn't mean there isn't conflict. This doesn't mean that they don't have problems. Every single person on the planet will have a really shitty, bad fight with their husband. Like nobody's immune. That's because conflict is opportunity, but that's a different, that's a different topic. The ease is really ease because the two people in that relationship kind of know the deal. So if someone's in a mood or a space, it's easily identified and healthy couples tend to want solution-based conversations. So it's easy because the fights aren't as crazy or as long. The connection's solid. It's, it's a respectful relationship. And you, you know, if you've ever been around someone that just has like a really healthy, great, awesome relationship, you can tell they look like they're easy to be around each other. They validate each other internally so that they can just exist with each other. And when you have that with chemistry and connection, like, oh, it's just amazing. If you're still with me, we're going to go right back to the difficult scale. And this is really important because this is going to help you not obsess. And this is going to help you really start to understand how to feel more in control in your dating life so that you're not constantly outsourcing your moods and your confidence and your esteem. So if you are still with me, keep writing notes on this because this is really important. So if we go back to the difficult side, right? We start with, well, people in difficult relationships require external validation. So what's underneath that is that relationships are mirrors. When you interact with someone, especially sexually or intimately or in a connected, deeper way, you tend to feel connected because you, you get them, right? If you've ever said, I totally get you, or our connection is so intense, or I feel like I can just be myself around you, you're, you're seeing each other. And in healthy, good relationships, that's usually when we lift each other up and, and bring out the best in each other. But in difficult relationships where it's external validation, the two people in that, one or both, have not learned emotional regulation, emotional intelligence, or have a healthy, strong sense of identity and confidence. So what happens then? The mirror, if you were to imagine a literal mirror and someone just punching it, we now have a jagged mirror. So the relationship 
is distorted. We're now seeing each other through distorted images, aka projection. So the, it's a difficult relationship because we're not seeing things clearly. It's distorted. We're all over the place. And because difficult relationships require external validation, there's never enough to sustain. When you are in a relationship with someone and the mirror's jagged, you're never satiated. There's always a missing piece. It's hard to feel okay because you don't know where to look. It's unsettling. The general energy is unsettling. So if we slide all the way back to the right for the last time, this is the last time we're going to go back to the easy side. The two people in the easy relationship validate internally. They too are mirrors. So that relationship is a mirror of each other. The difference is, as opposed to a jagged mirror, we have a smooth mirror. So smooth mirrors still get smudges. They still get dirty. You still have to clean them. But you can see clearly. And that's the point that I really want to try and hammer home is that it is an absolute skill to be able to measure your own personal difficulty e-scale, starting with how you feel about yourself. Because here, here's the deal. Cosmo Magazine, fucking all those glamour shits, the, the YouTubes that are like, here's the secret, here's the trick, you know, type these five texts and he'll fall for you instantly. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that because already you're setting up an expectation. Already we now have a pattern of behavior that we are going to put together. So I'm going to learn this trick. Then I'm going to go do this trick. And I have an expectation of a certain outcome that's external, that's outside of me. And my whole day will be spent anxious as fuck. And depending on how it goes, I'll either be okay or, or not. Like who wants to do that? It's, it's so mechanical. It's so unfun and not organic. And so I'm not about that. But when you can start to understand your own patterns and your own ways of interacting, you can start to kind of see where you're at. And that's the work to do because when you actually do that work, which I'll go into a little bit later, your mood is not predicated on somebody else's mood. Think about it for a second. Can you imagine there are women, maybe it's you literally going, I wonder if he's thinking about me. I wonder what's going on. Like, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder what's happening. And I literally imagine this dude with like one hand down his pants, one hand on a game controller going, oh shit. Yeah. I got to text Kristen back. Fuck. And this, this happens all the time. I've had so many clients where I've had to tell them, put your phone in a drawer, leave the room. You got to just get your shit together because when we go all in on what we make the meaning of, well, he texted me a good morning. That must mean, or he put two winky faces. That must mean, 
or he said he's going to do this, that must mean it's all about what someone else is going to do, aka external validation. You have to stop yourself in your track and go, wait a second. Whoa. What if, what if the hack, what if the trick was to enjoy your life as much as possible So much so that if someone wants to enter your life, they have to beat your solitude. They have to be better than what you're currently working with because so many women have it backwards. They go, well, I want a boyfriend so my life can be better. Or I want, you know, I'll just move into the guy's house that I'm going to date next. Or, you know, my life is super shitty, but when I have a boyfriend, it'll be better. Whatever the fuck. We all have these little things. The trick is to catch it and go, hmm. Where in my life am I so deeply unsatisfied that I'm putting my complete power and sense of identity and mood in the hands of someone I've just met or barely know? Because the woman who doesn't do the work in between relationship and the work being what brought you here, what have you learned from your last relationship, what are you leaving in the past, what are you bringing in the future, the list goes on, my private clients get the whole rundown. But those who need external validation, and some may not even know they do, but if, if your mood can go up and down based on what your phone's doing, that's external validation 101. What tends to happen is repeated ruptures. So we go through this cycle of the really great dopamine hit and then we fall flat and it hurts again. And then, oh, he, he sent me a message. Whoop, now I'm high again. Oh, but it's not going to work out low again, right? We go round and round and round and round, leaving us depleted and exhausted. And there's so much energy spent trying to file in the mind, oh, this means this, and this means that, and he's doing this, and don't worry about that. We constantly coddle and soothe ourselves from the imaginative scenarios that we've created in the first place. But when you catch yourself and go, oh, I'm doing this again. What do I need right now? What is it that I'm, I'm giving this person that I matched with on Bumble two weeks ago why does this guy, why does Todd have complete power over how my day's going to go? Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't think that's super attractive. What do I need to give myself so that I cannot feel like this? Because those who validate themselves internally do not rely on the choices, the, the free will human choices of somebody else. And I want to just make mention that even confident, assured, secure women still have moments. I'm not, I'm not here to say that you all of a sudden are going to heal your traumas and trust issues and attachment wounds and suddenly be this big, bad boss bitch, just walking in going, here I am. I'm ready to receive. Like I totally understand. It's a journey. It takes a long time. It's very confronting. It's very confronting because you start to look at, holy shit, like what have I been doing? I've been selling myself short. If you have lived your dating career responding instantly to texts or contorting a message or trying to be cute 
or essentially doing everything outside of your inner core being, you are applicable to listen to this message, take notes on repeat again. Because the reality is it's a very unhealthy way to live when your own peace can be so easily disrupted. So if you like today's episode, please let me know. Send me a message on Instagram. Screenshot your, your plays. Tag me. I love them. I will always share them. This is actually going to be a serious surprise. I am doing a three-part to this topic because it's a lot deeper than this. And I wanted to make these episodes really meaty for you and really tangible because I think that no matter what stage you're in, like if you're in that dating vortex or even if you're in a long-term relationship, we all as women have moments where we feel really insecure. Even as a confident person, we still get wobbly. But I wanna teach you over the next three episodes what I teach my private clients on how to really start looking inward to see where your catch points are, where you can say, ah, this old thing, we're going we're gonna to ice this out because it's not serving me anymore. It, it's not helpful. And so in part two, we're going to be talking about how this shows up and how this is really just a skill set because I think a lot of people get really freaked out thinking that, shit, like, oh my God, like, how do I just relax? How do I just learn how to be neutral? Because we talked today in episode one of this three-part little mini training for you, the difficult ease scale, right? We talked about the left side of difficult, the right side of ease, but we haven't talked about the middle, which I like to call energetic neutrality. So I'm going to leave you in suspense. I'm leaving you in suspense. But this is going to be a riot, so let me know what you think. And at the end of these three episodes, I'm going to share something really exciting that I've made just for you. So again, it means so much to me when you take the time, a little half hour out of your day to come hang out with me. But I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And until next time, this was so good. All right, lovebirds, there you have it. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed that little pocket of time we spent together. It means the world to me. If this episode landed, if you felt like you got some mic drops, I'd love to know in the comments. Feel free to leave a five-star review as well. That always feels good. And if you know anyone who would benefit from listening to this, send her my way. Today's episode was so good, and I'll see you next time. I'm living that high.